everyone, and welcome to Talk with the Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence St. Joseph Health medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Renoff, and here with me today is Leslie Rogers, a clinical dietitian at Providence Alaska Medical Center. Today, we're answering your questions about the keto diet. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from listeners via social media, and we can be found on Twitter at PSJH and on Facebook under Providence St. Joseph Health. Use the hashtag Talk with a Doc, that's hashtag Talk with a Doc, for a chance to hear your questions in our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. All right, let's get started by welcoming our expert today, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. We're going to start with a super easy one. What's your role here? Uh, I'm a clinical dietitian here, um, and so I work with patients who are hospitalized in acute care settings. So um, they may be really sick or they may be transitioning on their way home. So we're just helping make sure they get proper nutrition on the way to help them heal and get them set up for a successful discharge back home. Oh, what a wonderful job. Well, the question on everybody's mind right now is what is the keto diet? Yes, I get that a lot. Um, So the keto diet is very different than people may think it is. Most people think it just means low carb or no carb Mm -hmm. or high fat. Um, In fact, you have to make sure to limit your protein too because that can Mm. turn into carbs um, in your blood. So normally what our bodies do is they run on glucose or sugar that comes from the carbs in our diet. Uh, When we're hungry in between meals or we're sleeping or fasting, then our, our body starts to burn off our fats and use what's called ketones that come from our fat. Um, so if you then limit your carbohydrates during the day as a ketogenic diet would do, then you're actually running on ketones all day long. So it's a different metabolic process than your body would normally follow. Usually only for brief periods of time between meals and instead you're getting your body to do that all day long. How long has it been around? I feel like we hear about it all the time now. Is it new? It is not. It's been around since about the 1920s where they started, yeah, using it, uh, in treatment of children with epilepsy. Epilepsy, and why is that? Just the way their bodies function, or? We don't really know why. It's a different metabolic process. Your brain just takes up the ketones um, instead of using uh, glucose for energy. So, um, yeah, they don't quite know why it works yet, but one of the mechanisms is the ketones it develops. I think a lot of people, I've, I've been reading up on this, a lot of people say that it's related to diabetes or something because of ketosis. Is, is that even logical? Well, so they might be thinking of ketoacidosis, oh, okay. which is a severe medical emergency um, where their body doesn't have enough insulin to use carbohydrates or the glucose in your blood. And so it, the body thinks it's starving and it starts producing ketones in massive amounts that's really dangerous and turns your blood acidic. Oh, geez. Okay. That's not something that would normally happen in someone's body who doesn't have diabetes. So ketosis is very different than ketoacidosis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what does it really consist of from a food perspective? Because you talked a little bit about proteins and fats. Yes. So uh, it kind of depends on who's following it. Um, So some people who believe they may be following it are just uh, restricting their carbohydrates. In a true ketogenic diet, you're restricting to less than 50 grams of carb per day. So like you know, maybe an apple and a slice of bread is your whole carb for the whole day. Um, And so people on a ketogenic diet, they don't eat foods like that either. So they um, are mostly eating very high fat foods. Most people who follow it, like most patients that I know, um, they follow it with eating a lot of bacon and butter. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes. So a lot of high fat foods that we may not be recommending is nutritionally sound. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are other healthful, you know, high fat foods that you could be including like avocado, uh, 
olive oil, nuts and seeds, eggs, so um, fish, you know, you can still have protein foods, um, meat in, in smaller quantities. So there are healthful foods that could be followed, but a lot of people who follow it are eating a lot of cheese mm-hmm. and bacon and... See a lot of butter and butter. Instagram A lot posts. of butter, a lot of coconut oil. I feel like a lot of people are honestly using it as an excuse to eat more fats, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, hey, I'm on a healthy diet. I'm eating a lot of fat. I mean, fat tastes good. It's satiating. There's nothing wrong with fat. It is a healthful part of our diet, but it's definitely during the ketogenic diet, it's a a huge portion of your diet. That's where most of your calories are coming from. Well, if you weren't eating a lot of fats before, is this a good diet for you or no? Well, it depends on why you weren't eating a lot of fats before. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have heart disease, and Mm -hmm. so your doctor has talked to you about limiting um, fats in your diet, and... um, I, you know, it, we don't really have good outcomes yet on the research on what can be happening to your um, cholesterol levels and other um, lipid panels that the doctor would be pulling for you. Um, but right now we don't have good consensus to say that it would help improve them. Whereas okay. there are other diets that are shown to help improve those, uh, such as the Mediterranean diet. So right. um, if that's the reason you would be not eating a lot of fat, then I wouldn't say it would be a good choice necessarily. Um, if you don't eat a lot of fat because it upsets your stomach, this mm-hmm. would also not be a great choice mm-hmm. for you. Um, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then otherwise, you know, I generally don't recommend anyone make a very drastic dietary change because mm-hmm. it's usually not very sustainable. Um, usually sustainable dietary habits are made in small increments and mm-hmm. not with a huge revolutionary change. That's really hard to keep up. Sustainability is crazy mm-hmm. there. I, um, I actually lost 120 pounds over two years wow. and I did it all with you know, calorie restriction and low carbs, but really trying to work out. Mm -hmm. But it was only manageable because I did it, quote unquote, the right way, right? I had done every (laughs) fat diet. I'm not going to lie. I did Atkins. I did South Beach. I I did them all. And it really was about sustainability. And it is Mm -hmm. doable if you Mm -hmm. do it the right way. Absolutely. Well, you, you mentioned cholesterol. And that was one of the things that I saw a lot in the research was people's I think people are always saying it does raise cholesterol. Are you saying that's really not true or we don't have enough information? We don't have enough information. Studies are showing different things. When it does appear that it increases, it's by modest amounts. Um, Some studies show that it might modestly decrease it. It's really just there's not great evidence. Um, The studies we do have don't extend past two years, so we don't even know what happens past that point. Um, So it's really, it's hard to say what the long-term outcomes are. And even though people may see weight loss with it, we don't know what else that's doing to their body and what it could be doing to their risk of other diseases. Well, it seems like you're putting your body into a state that it isn't normally in. Is that correct? Um, Yeah, I mean, traditionally, although some diets, for instance, the Alaska Native Diet here in Alaska, um, where they're eating a lot of subsistence food, so a lot of meats Mm -hmm. and uh, whale blubber and fish, um, so a lot of high-fat foods and very little carb available on the subsistence diet, maybe some berries, that may be a traditionally mostly ketogenic diet. And so in that population, that actually may be fairly normal. Um, But for a lot of people who follow a normal Western diet, it's it's not what your body would normally be experiencing. (laughs) Okay, I can't get past the fact that you just said whale blubber. What does that taste like? Is it like butter? Uh, I've I've actually never tried it, um, (laughs) which is crazy because it's very popular here. Um, But they make Eskimo ice cream with it, which is like, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, um, but you mix the whale blubber, blubber with sugar and berries and um, it's it's a very like satisfying kind of satiating sound food. appealing. But then you said ice cream, so now I'm in. Right, <laughs> any kind of ice cream, I'll try it. Um, well, I've heard a lot about the keto flu. What is that? 
So the keto flu is something that people, um, happens to people when they first go from what, you know, we'd say is a normal metabolism to being in ketosis kind of full time. Mm -hmm. So your body, you may feel nauseous, you may feel lightheaded, headache, uh, fatigue, tired, um, and you'll probably get constipated because there's really not a lot of fiber we're dealing with here. Okay. And um, usually the keto flu only lasts a couple days. They think it's because of a loss of salt and, and water from your body when you're first going into ketosis, um, which may be a lot of the weight loss you see at first because oh, you're losing yeah. water weight. Um, so should you drink a lot of water while you're doing the so first few days? Yeah. So you may need some more water and you may also need some extra salt because your body's oh, okay. maybe losing more salt. Okay. And then same thing, what's keto breath? Keto breath. Uh, so that is, so ketones is um, what's being made by your body in ketosis. And so um, they have kind of a fruity flavor or taste to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oh, okay. you could have that sort of ketone breath. Um, it's a very bad warning sign in people who have diabetes because right, it's a sign right. of ketoacidosis. So. Oh, okay. So if you were on the keto diet, would you be worried because of the breath or it's different because you're not diabetic? You're not diabetic. Well, okay. yeah. You, if you are, if you then know. you need to be very yeah. careful yeah. about, um, yeah. So would you, I mean, I think with any diet though, would you recommend that somebody sees their doctor or does a physical before they start this diet? Because you would want to know if you're diabetic. Absolutely. So um, I, you know, there's a huge proportion of the population who doesn't know they have diabetes. Mm-hmm. And so I recommend always getting health screening regularly, especially if you're at risk. Um, and before you're starting a diet, I think that it's very important to check in with your doctor and check right. in with a dietitian. A dietitian can really, is a great resource in the community to help you figure out what's really right for you. Mm-hmm. And they may be able to find things that are a little bit more sustainable and manageable for you in the long term. And so um, a dietitian can work with you together and come up with a mutual strategy that fits your lifestyle. How do people find a dietitian? <laughs> well, uh, you can get a referral from your doctor. Okay. Your doctor hopefully would know about uh, dietitians in your community. If you don't have a dietitian in your community, there's now a community of dietitians online where oh, you can perfect. do kind of telemedicine. They'll use um, apps on their phone or you can do Skyping uh, education with them. So, yeah. so you kind of have no excuse to not ask if you need to before right. you start a diet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is I, one of the questions we got from people is, is this the same as Atkins? Well, so that is kind of the misconception with it is that the Atkins diet is a low carb diet and the ketogenic diet is a way step further. So in the ketogenic diet, you actually have to monitor, um, your, the levels of ketones in your blood to make sure you're in ketosis. And how do you do that? Well, you can do finger pokes. Uh, Wait, I have to do finger pokes on a diet? Yes, no. yes. So, I'm out. I'm out. So you're, doing, you're checking the blood level of, of ketones in your blood wow. um, with a finger poke. Um, you can also use urine strips, although I'm not sure of okay. the accuracy of that. I've heard it's not as accurate for someone who's really trying to make sure they're dialed into the, if they're in ketosis or the adequate amount of ketones. I would hazard a guess that most people who are on this diet are not doing that. I would think so too. So that's why I think a lot of people who say they're on keto may actually be following an, a modified Adkins diet where they're just on a very low carb diet, but may not actually know if they're in ketosis or not, or they may not even know what ketosis is. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's a little scary to be on a diet and not know what it is. Yeah. Can you buy the food that you eat on the diet at a grocery store? Does it need to be prescribed? Are there certain things you should be looking for? 
So it really depends on the person. I think some people who follow the diet uh, feel that they need to buy a lot of specialty products. And so, you know, they may have special sweeteners and they may buy special keto ice cream and keto uh, cereal. I mean, there's just all sorts of products out there now if you go to the grocery sure, store. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, if you want to follow a keto diet and eat whole foods um, and prepare your foods and, and cook as we would generally try to recommend for people is getting fresh food. Um, I would recommend, you know, shopping like you would any other time and you would just be including more uh, meat and fish and eggs and seeds, which... And good fats. Yeah, and good fats. (laughs) (laughs) Avocado. You said coconut oil, right? So coconut oil I didn't include as a healthy fat. Oh, that was a bad Um, fat. My bad. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. It's saturated. So usually we would recommend that people replace, uh, we find that when people replace saturated fats with unsaturated fats, that has good um, outcomes on your cholesterol levels. So, um, and your risk of heart disease. And uh, so we would recommend that just moderation with the saturated fats like butter, and bacon and coconut oil we would just suggest you know keeping that less than 10 percent of your calories per day and even switching some of those over to unsaturated healthier fats this is my personal question what about (laughs) avocado oil i've been seeing that a lot lately i got some i used it and then i looked at the calories and i was like holy cow is it good bad what is it so you know all oil is is healthy in moderation mm-hmm. um, because it's an unsaturated fat mm-hmm. you know using it on salad dressings whatever um, oil and fat in general is satiating which is why people feel full True. on the ketogenic mm-hmm. diet um, and why you might not be eating as much on a ketogenic diet is because you feel full there's only so much fat you can eat True, before yeah, you feel really yeah. bloated um, but so otherwise it, it so it is healthy in small amounts it can help you feel satiated during your meal and it's our bodies need fat for energy. So so you talked a little bit about people kind of jumping in on this and seeing it a lot. I've actually started to see keto-friendly uh, foods at restaurants. How do they determine that? And is that a good choice, a bad choice? Should people be following that? Well, so if you're, you know, choosing a keto food at a restaurant, if you like that food, I would choose that food <laughs> maybe. Um, so if you like that it doesn't have any carbs with it and maybe you're following a lower carb diet, that's fine. Um, but I would say when you're at a restaurant, you're there to enjoy a meal. So right, right. I would recommend people pick the meal that's you know most satisfying for them. Um, and I would encourage it to include fruits and vegetables and some sort of fiber-containing food on your plate to help you feel satiated. I usually suggest, you know, having a lean protein, a healthy fat, and some fiber on your plate to help you feel satiated. And if it's too much, then you bring half of it home for later. Half of it home, right? I like it. All right. Well, this is fascinating, and I have so many more questions for you, but we have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about the keto diet. Waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Sent up a flare, I need love and devotion. Trade it for some faces that I'll never know. Notion. Maybe I should try to find the old me. Take me to the places and the people that know me. Trying to just connect, thinking maybe you could show me. If there's so many people here, then why am I so lonely? Good 
difference hard to find let's face it by the perfect home when there's a flood in the basement made a couple dollars now i'm trying to chase it kids from oklahoma man we don't waste it i'm just trying to paint the picture for me something i could give a damn about and maybe 4d is and i've been ready and willing and able to edit the story because there's so many people here to be so damn lonely Switching to a new lane Foot to the floor, man Searching for the real thing Somebody else sometimes Ain't no shame Head to the clouds It's like Can I get a connection? back with talk with a doc today with our guest clinical dietitian leslie rogers and we're talking about the keto diet and there's so many questions well the first question i have now that we're back is uh, how many fruits can i eat if i'm on this diet well so that's tough it's uh the limit to how much carb you can have in a day to keep yourself in ketosis is dependent on the individual and so if we use that number of 50 grams per day then that might be like half an apple and an orange or maybe an apple and an orange but then that would take up your carbs for the entire day so then you can't have any other carbs that would incidentally occur in any of your other foods again i'm out (laughs) (laughs) i need i need my fruit i need my banana i need my grapes okay well you just mentioned each person's body is different so is that impacted by my height my weight my genetics i mean how do you really know how do you make that assessment you make that assessment by working with closely with a dietitian and they would be helping you monitor your ketone levels and you would know you were getting the right amount by if you were in ketosis or not okay and then you would just dial it in and you'd have to keep track of every thing of carb you were eating for the day so that you would know exactly what that number was for you i kind of feel like we should be tracking that anyway i mean to be honest (laughs) like you really need to know what you're eating um are there calorie restrictions on it as well no the theory behind it is just that you're eating whatever you would want to eat and people would maybe see the weight loss because the fat makes them full and so they just stop eating when they feel full you're more likely to feel full faster when you're just eating fat (laughs) that does not sound like a good option um well this is a great question does it cause kidney stones well it's not clear if it would cause kidney stones but some people who get kidney stones such as calcium oxalate Mm -hmm. one of the recommendations they make is to avoid eating a lot of like animal proteins which may be found on the ketogenic diet so it just depends on what the individual is doing and what their risk factors are for kidney stones Um, but i would say definitely staying hydrated is important no matter what well this one's what about gout because isn't gout something caused by high fats usually or something So gout is um, oftentimes what we're limiting is, again, like animal products. And so um, if they were trying to 
help alleviate symptoms through diet, then um, again, that would be another one to watch out for is animal proteins and animal products. Okay. Uh, What about this one? Does it affect my period? It, you know, that I think would depend on whether they're getting enough nutrition. So sometimes we'll see a loss of a period when people are not getting enough um, nutrition. And so if they're underweight, for instance, Mm -hmm. people can sometimes um, lose their period. So, um, or maybe if they were losing weight really quickly, they may lose their period. So, because when your body's starving, then it's holding on to whatever it can. And that's a non-essential function. So um, you may lose your period if you're not getting enough nutrition. Can you do this diet if you're a vegetarian? If you're a vegetarian, um, wow, I think that would be very difficult. I think it's <laughs> always difficult when you combine two different diet restrictions. Mm-hmm. I know some people combine intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. whereas you're not eating the whole day and you're just eating for a few hours mm-hmm. with the ketogenic diet. And that oh, wow. is so restrictive. Right. Um, and so same with the vegetarian diet. I think you I don't, I don't think you could. It'd be tough. I don't think you could get enough nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What about kids? Can you put your kids on this diet? You know, I don't advise diets for kids in general, Mm -hmm. just because it's predictive of future disordered eating patterns. And actually dieting in youth can be predictive of future weight gain. Um, according to studies. So um, generally speaking, we wouldn't really recommend any sort of diet for a pediatric patient. Um, But if they have some sort of medical indication for it, like epilepsy, then Mm -hmm. that's something that they might use. Um, And otherwise, you know, if there was some other indication that may be shown in science one day in the future, um, I know they're exploring (laughs) a lot of different conditions, but we just don't have enough research yet to say that that would be a safe option for a kiddo. Well, everything you hear, you see, whether it's Instagram, whatever, people are losing 10, 20, 30, 40, I mean, hundreds of pounds. What's typical for somebody to be on the keto diet to lose? Well, you know, it's it's not really clear in research how much people really would lose. One study I found um, showed that over a two-year period, by the end of the two years, they lost a net of about two pounds. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, that's a lot of work, a lot of restriction, a lot of change, a lot of management for two pounds. Yes. So it's unclear to us in research yet if this is really a sustainable weight right. loss option. Um, I've talked to some people who you know, follow it and they lose the weight and then they slowly regain it even mm-hmm. though they're following the diet. Or a lot of people, they follow the diet, they lose the weight, and as soon as they go back to eating what they were eating before, they regain it. And that's a concern because when we see people lose weight and regain it, lose weight and regain it, um, research has found that that may be predictive of increased risk of death. So we don't want that happening. We would would rather, you know, over a longer period of time, help people make gradual changes. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know enough to say whether there's a long-term success to it, but it does seem that it would be slightly hard to be sustainable. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, um, when they, there was a, um, rating that came out for the hard, the most difficult diets in the U.S. to follow, and it came in second to last. As, so like the second to last as in Easy. one of the hardest. Yeah, yeah. One so of the hard. hardest diets, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, you know, we see a lot of celebrities out there. The Real Housewives are always talking about it. I saw Katie Couric talking about it. And I think mm-hmm. what's interesting about that is everybody thinks Katie Couric is like the source for legitimate information. So <laughs> as a dietitian, does that concern you at all? I mean, Absolutely. I think it's very important for people who know a lot about the topic to be transparently out in the media. So I think that dietitians should be the ones on social media who are making those sorts of reports about what's reliable. And it's, it's not flashy. It's not sexy when dietitians 
they're saying, well, actually, the evidence isn't there. Right. Um, but it's true. And so I think it's really important to have the science behind the, right. the flashy right. pictures from our celebrities. Well, I feel like we should look at like things in history, too. Like cigarettes weren't a problem until we had enough research <laughs> to go off of it, right. right? Like this is something you're right. It's been around for a long time, but it was around to treat something like epilepsy, right. not for weight loss and, and mm-hmm. sudden rapid weight loss either. Right. Um, well, I guess my question to you is, are there more risks than benefits? Where do you, where do you fall on the spectrum? Yeah. So I think, you know, when we sit down with a patient to help them decide what's the right fit for them, we're looking at them as an individual. And so we're trying to see, you know, what's really sustainable for them. And I would say for most patients, this is not a sustainable choice for them. You know, research shows that it's just, it's not something that is easy to follow. People don't want to have to go buy special almond flour and coconut flour and (laughs) have to eat a lot of bacon and butter because you know you don't have to do that those aren't necessarily healthful choices for your body so um, it's really hard to follow a ketogenic diet and include healthful foods like enough fruits and vegetables that would be protective um, of cancer and cardiovascular disease so um, just a lot of things that are proven in in research would be beneficial, like fiber and the fruits and the vegetables Mm -hmm. and whole grains that you just can't include. So I think that's really concerning to me. Uh, Another thing that comes up is, you know, when somebody's losing weight very quickly, which most people would find very exciting and very proud of themselves, um, sometimes with rapid weight loss, you can be losing muscle rather Mm -hmm. than fat. And so that's why we generally recommend slow um, modest weight losses of, you know, one to two pounds a week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes on a ketogenic diet, somebody's like, I've lost 20 pounds this week. Woo. Oh my goodness. And it, and it's a little concerning to yeah. us because you, you don't know where that loss is coming from, yeah. but when it's coming off that quickly, it's not necessarily sustainable. Yeah. When I was going through my weight loss journey, I was tracking my calories and everything and I in- put it all my information. I wanted to lose more than two pounds a week and it just kept saying, that's not healthy. It's not healthy. Focus <laughs> on the two. Try to get one and a half what to two. What a great two. app. It was a great <laughs> app. It was very, it reminded me too. It was like, you have not eaten enough today or you wow. are too heavy on this. And it was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, well, you just talked about rapid weight loss. How much does a typical person lose on keto? So when they've looked at studies over two years, when they compare the ketogenic diet to low fat diets, so the keto would be the high fat or a low fat diet with more carbs in it, um, they found that their weight losses were very similar. Um, the ketogenic diet lost an average of two pounds more than the other um, wow. groups. So with all the work that you're doing and restricting mm-hmm. and trying to stay on this diet and you're being left out of ice cream socials right, right. and uh, and then you're not losing for two pounds more yeah, yeah. I'm out again <laughs> I wasn't really ever in but I'm definitely out um, well um, are there certain people who really shouldn't do it like heart disease or diabetics so people yeah so people with heart disease I think that's kind of patient dependent depending on how they could do it I think it it would be hard to do, but I, you may lose the weight, but you probably won't see improvements in your um, cholesterol levels uh, compared to other diets. Um, and then people with diabetes need to be really careful. So people do, t- people especially with type 2 diabetes may follow it to help improve their blood sugars. Mm-hmm. And the jury's still out on how that works over a longer period of time. It seems to help short term. Um, but so they need to be really careful because of that ketoacidosis I mentioned. So if a patient's on insulin, I recommend working very closely mm-hmm. with their provider to make sure that they can do that safely. Um, so it sounds to me like the risks outweigh the benefit. I'm going to go on a limb and say that. I know you're not saying it. I'm saying it. But if you were going to do it anyway, mm-hmm. right, 
what do you recommend? How long should they be on it? And obviously um, you're going to say talk to somebody, but. (laughs) So as far as how long you're on it goes, um, you know, usually people promote doing it for a shorter period of time. Even people who promote it, they, you know, it's kind of, they say, just do this and shed the weight and then you're going to be skinny. Um, but usually again, we see the weight back come back on. So they also say, drink this tea. (laughs) I mean, they say (laughs) a lot of things. Drink the lemon water and cayenne. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, pretty, yeah. So pretty much it's, you know, I can't really give a a recommended time because it it just doesn't seem that it's sustainable over time. So to tell you to do it for more than a couple weeks might not actually happen and it may not actually give you any benefits. So, um, I would say again, if this is something you're thinking about doing to go work with, um, someone like a dietitian, um, and they can help you figure out what's really going to work with you on the long term and they can give you some better individual recommendations. I feel like there's some sort of a mental health aspect to this as well, because A, you may feel like a failure if it doesn't work for you. You may need to figure out why do you feel like you need to lose the weight? Because a lot of the people I've seen on Instagram, like the before and after, I'm like, Mm -hmm. so you were in really good shape and now you're really skinny. Like it didn't look to me like they even needed to lose the weight. What do you think? Yeah. So, um, you know, dieting is, is hard because it can result in kind of disordered eating patterns or body image issues. And, um, we definitely, you know, as a a community for nutrition, we, we don't want to promote, um, people having those sort of body image issues. So, um, I tread very carefully when I talk about diets with patients because it's not appropriate for everyone. And honestly, weight is not the only indicator of health. There's so many other indicators. There's blood pressure and your labs and how active you are and how many fruits and vegetables you eat, um, that are totally independent of weight. And so I think when we take nutrition and make it all about weight because that's what all of us want to accomplish. I know it's not as satisfying to say, I ate three vegetables today, (laughs) Um, but that's what I care the most about is, and that's what, uh, you know, research shows me is going to really help you reduce your risk of cancer and diabetes and heart disease. So, um, yeah, I think that there is this focus on weight that can really damage people's mental health. Um, and it can really restrict you and it can leave you out of social events, which doesn't feel good either. So weight's so hard too, because that number on a scale doesn't always mean anything. When I started Mm -hmm. lifting, my weight went up and I had to keep telling myself very, it's muscle, it's muscle, it's muscle. But I was so kind of sad because I'd lost all this weight and I was gaining again, but it's much healthier to Mm -hmm. be those five pounds heavier and have the muscle. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And muscle is more metabolically active. So you burn more calories when you have more exactly. muscle in your body. See, my doctor had to keep <laughs> reminding me. She's like, yep. this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Well, I also was wondering too, this diet is so restrictive. Do you find, or I actually saw a couple of stories about this, that people were so restricted that then they would go off it, they would binge. Oh. And so they were like eating everything that they hadn't mm-hmm. been able to have. And I think mm-hmm. that would be another problem. Oh, absolutely. Well, again, if you're on something that's not sustainable, that means that when you go back to what you were doing before, um, Oftentimes people, when they go off of a diet and back on and off of a diet back on, they usually gain the way back. Yeah. And sometimes they gain even more than that. That's and true. part of that yeah. could be the binging aspect. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so this has been fabulous information. Where would you tell people to go if they wanted to get more information about this? I would recommend going to a registered dietitian. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, they're in the community. They're online. I would use those resources and reach out to someone um, who has studied it and has some research for you uh, to help you figure out what's the right fit for you. This is wonderful. Well, thank you, Leslie, for joining us today on Talk with the Doc and everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence St. Joseph Health. Make sure to follow us on social media at PSJH on Twitter and on Instagram and under Providence St. Joseph Health on Facebook. To learn more about our mission, programs, and services, visit future.psjhealth.org. Thanks for listening.